0: Well, welcome back. Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. I am Seth and Hello, Mr. Bill. Hello, Teresa. And hello, David Dahl. Young David. Uh, good to see you all. Uh, we are uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed here. We did a morning run rather than an evening run today. Because uh, our schedules uh, demanded it. So. Uh, let's clarify. You did the morning run. <laughs> well, I, I and Hugh. We did not do a morning run. Well, Hugh Hallman and I did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and yeah. we had a really good. We did uh, good, a good run, and we had a sub sub nine minute uh, average uh, mile. You ever take Dagny? Eight fifty. I used to. I can't you used take. To, a, right? yeah, 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 she's in her um, in the sunset years. In the autumn. Of her is it September of my yes, thank you. And the September of my year September's in autumn though. Yeah, but it's you know it's a transitioning month. Yeah, yeah. From the warmth of August to the slightly less warm of October. Yeah, I used to. Now she goes on walks. She gets two walks a day, but she can't do the runs anymore. She probably could do them for a little bit, but I don't think it's ultimately good for her. Um, Let me dispense with my normal monologue today uh, to hand over my. my uh, my heir to uh, Mr. Tom Horn, who is the superintendent of education. You know, there's an old saying that there's no substitute for brains. And when you run into them, the saying explains itself. And Tom, Tom Horn has them. So the Arizona Republic uh, this past weekend wrote a screed about uh, Prager University being available to our schools. Tom Horn for allowing it, and it was written by one Greg Moore, and the piece itself was an insult to intelligence. Uh, we'll talk more about it with Mr. Horn when he joins us in a little bit here, but I'd like to read you his response in the Arizona Republic today. Greg Moore accuses me in a column of promoting a racist curriculum. PragerU. He implies that I want, quote, black, Latino, and Native American kids to be the shoulders everybody else gets to stand on as they climb toward middle class lives, close quote. He claims that because I oppose critical race theory. I, I, quote, focus schools on the wrong stuff, close quote. This is all false. I'm familiar with the evils of racism. I am a Jewish person, person whose entire extended family was murdered in the Holocaust. I am all too familiar with the evils of racism. In the summer of 1963, I attended the March on Washington in which Martin Luther King delivered his famous speech. His philosophy of wanting people to be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin has been my philosophy my entire life. When I was Arizona Attorney General, I had more than 30 lawyers working nothing else but civil rights cases. As superintendent of schools, I focus a large percentage of my energy on improving academics in poor schools In my department currently, none of the following positions is filled by someone who is white, chief deputy, chief of operations, or chief strategist. I'm opposed to racial preferences, but this was the result of choosing on the basis of merit. In 2014, I spoke at 16 historically black churches in four months and shook the hands of all attending before or after the service. Everyone was extremely warm and welcoming. Mr. Moore's hostility to me, Mr. Moore's hostility to me, is an exception. I have not required Prager U material, but have made it available to those who want it. Its patriotism is appreciated by me, an immigrant who loves his country. It provides objective history, an antidote to left-wing history, such as the 1619 project adopted by the Balls School District, as but one example. Mr. Maurer's only criticism of Prager is a quotation he attributes to Booker T. Washington, which he disagrees with, But he does not allege that the quote is inaccurate. People falsely accuse Prager of racism because of a cartoon with Christopher Columbus giving his views on slavery. It is followed. It is followed, the cartoon, by students from our century stating that in our century, quote, we view slavery as evil and terrible. To which Columbus replies, that's wonderful. I'm glad humanity has reached such a time. And that is a crucial element to the video. More than a decade ago, I successfully fought to eliminate the critical race studies curriculum at the Tucson Unified School District because of its emphasis on race rather than individuality. I read all of their textbooks and worksheets. As an example, one worksheet had a page with a line drawn down the middle. The left side described the qualities of people of color and the right side the qualities of what they called whiteness, a term that author Neil Shenvey described is the anti-racist in the anti-racist glossary as privilege and privileges enjoyed by white-skinned people yet they don't realize it the worksheet was a masterpiece of stereotyping the qualities of white people were all in all negative such as white people interrupt too much when i went back to the practice of law critical race theory made a huge comeback i have renewed my fight In the process, I have read many works about critical race theory, both for and against. Critical race theory was begun by Derek Bell, a Harvard professor, in 1989, along with his students, and one of those students was Richard Delgado, who wrote Critical Race Theory, an introduction. Here's the definition. Critical race theory questions the very foundation of the liberal order, including equality theory, legal reasoning, enlightenment, rationalism, and neutral neutral principles of constitutional law this was the definition that was given to students at Tucson Unified. One of the reasons they oppose Enlightenment rationalism, which was the philosophy of the American founders, is because it emphasizes logic and the pursuit of truth. They view logic and the pursuit of truth as instrumentalities of white oppression. They have totally mangled the meaning of previously positive words, such as diversity, equity, and inclusion. For them, Diversity treats racial groups as monoliths, and they exalt stereotypes, as illustrated by the above example from Tucson's RASA studies. Race became a proxy for worth. Equity replaces the American regime of individual rights with group entitlement. Inclusion only includes that which serves the interest of the allegedly oppressed class. My focus is to renew the lost emphasis on academics in the schools, And I have 18 initiatives to accomplish that. Compared to that, everything else is secondary. Tom Horn, state superintendent of public instruction. I'm glad he did that. I'm glad he responded in the Arizona Republic. The screed required a response. And I would urge you to read the original article in the Arizona Republic that he was responding to by Greg Moore, M-O-O-R-E, published um, 10 days ago online and in the print edition over the weekend. It, um, it's an interesting piece, and I'm going to run through it with Tom Horn, interesting because sloppy. For example, when Mr. Moore talks about that quote from Booker T. Washington, I'll give you the quote future generations are never responsible for sins of the past. You would think an op-ed writer would be able to cite to what he is speaking about. He doesn't. What he writes is, According to Education Watchdog Media Matters, PragerU provides an animated video in which a cartoon booker Washington says future generations are never responsible for sins of the past. Education Watchdog Media Matters. That's clever, that. Media Matters is not an education watchdog. It's a, pol- it's a political watchdog. I've known of them for decades, perhaps longer than Mr. Moore has known of them or the editors at the Arizona Republic. It's not an education watchdog. They may cover education issues, but it's like saying the Heritage Foundation is an economic foundation. It's like saying the American Enterprise Institution is an education watchdog or think tank. It's like saying the Heritage, it's like saying the Hudson Institute is a is a um, is a tax policy institute. Oh, they may cover those issues. That's not what they are. They may have scholars that deal with those issues. That's not what they are. Media Matters is a far left political watchdog group that seeks to pounce on anything a conservative may say that can be twisted and turned for the effect of opposing the conservative position or the person who utters those words. They are the original organization of cancel culture. They take and twist out of context things conservatives say. It started first really with going after talk radio and cable news commentators and then moved beyond that to columnists and other things like now evidently PragerU videos so that they will be canceled, that is to say removed from air, and removed from availability. And he can't, and the Arizona Republic didn't make him even cite to what Booker T. Washington said. They were comfortable enough just saying, Media Matters says Prager U says. Mr. Horn is a good attorney, certainly knows the term for that. It's called double hearsay. Mr. Horn will be joining us shortly. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. That's great. That's teach your children well. I love it. Well done. It is a delight uh, to bring on the show, as promised, our superintendent of public instruction. Tom Horn, Tom, welcome back to the show, and thanks for being with us, sir. Hi,
1: Seth. It's always a pleasure to be with you.
0: Thank you, and thank you for the piece you wrote that was printed in the Arizona Republic today. I am so grateful. I was saying there's no substitute for brains, and whenever you run into them, you uh, remember the meaning of that saying, and boy, you've got (laughs) them. Uh, So thank you for doing it. I I was slack-jawed, I have to tell you, sir, when over the weekend I read Greg Moore's piece, about PragerU and uh, the work that you're doing at the Superintendency of Public Instruction here. Um, And I'm going to let you talk in just a moment. I just got to tell you, I thought his piece, his attack on you and PragerU, was about as sloppy as possible and didn't even make sense um, if you followed the reasoning. For example, starting with... His use of an outside organization to substantiate a point that easily could have been singularly substantiated or substantiated uh, by an original source. And then questioning things like, uh, seriously, he says, seriously, future generations are never responsible for sins of the past. Mr. Horn, you and I probably um, are diffident to engage in biblical exegesis. But I know of at least three passages in the Bible that say that, what Booker T. Washington said. And this guy's trying to make it some kind of big issue. Um, But why don't you tell the audience about PragerU and the attack on it and what you are doing with PragerU in Arizona?
1: Well, Seth, I see the big cultural war that we have going on right now. You know, the governor of Arkansas defined it as the normal against the crazy. And I'm the only one in statewide office in Arizona now that's fighting against the crazy. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, in in more detail, I would describe it as follows: <clears throat> There are people like myself who believe that we're all individuals; that what matters is what we know, what we can do, what is our character, what is our ability to appreciate beauty, and that race is irrelevant. It's a stupid, stupid category. It has nothing to do with anything that matters. And 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 we need to, and as a country, if we're going to be successful, we need to focus on individual merit. The other side of the war are people who believe the opposite, that race is primary, that uh, that merit, it, 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 to take one quotation, they say, merit, whatever that is, does not exist. Right. <clears throat> and, that, and that everything should be determined by racial quotas. And, um, and Dennis Prager is a great warrior in favor of my side of this war. So I'm glad to make his materials available. For those who want it, I can't. I'm not requiring anybody to use it, but I'm making it available to schools and to parents. <clears throat> Some people don't like the idea that parents have choice, as you know, yeah. or, because of our battle over E.S.A. Yeah. But um, I'm making it available. Uh, I, I uh, as I said in my own article, I'm an immigrant who loves this country, and so I appreciate the patriotism of it. <clears throat> but basically, it's objective history <clears throat> that. Excuse my You're coughing. Fine. I that's fine. caught one of these coals that's going around. Uh-huh. Um, th- that, um, that that you know that that we have to if if we don't value merit in, on an individual basis, we're headed for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and China will be calling all the shots. we Will be a third world country. We've got to e- e- emphasize excellence. We've got to in, ex- e- uh, emphasize individual merit. And and Dennis Prager is a warrior in that war on my side.
0: I you know I um I try and illustrate any number of ways that I can this nonsense that race is indicative of anything meaningful by simply pointing out that if you were to take let's say let's use the three names involved here if you were to take yourself Dennis Prager and myself we all come from the same faith tradition um, do we have more in common? With oh, I don't know. Let's say Shelby Steele and Larry Elder, or Chuck Schumer and Jerry Nadler. The question <laughs> answers itself, and that shows yeah. you how meaningless race is.
1: Well, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Now the attacks on Prager, it's interesting because it's typical of cancel culture. Yep, <clears> they take right. something out of context. Uh, the main the main attacks that have come to me because obviously I've been the target a lot of the attacks. Once I indicate I was making it available, mm-hmm. is a cartoon in which Christopher Columbus describes yep. his views on slavery. Right. Those were historically accurate. Those were his views. Yep. They, they can't have him talk about views that he didn't have. Right. But then the students in the cartoon from our century say, in our century, that would be considered abhorrent. Yep. <laughs> and, he, and then Columbus says, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad... Society has evolved to yeah. that point. Yeah. They leave out all that other stuff. Yeah, of course. They, and they say, you know, I'm soft on slavery because I support Dennis Prager. Right. It's right. it's it's craziness. It's they they just fabricate things in their own minds that have nothing to do with reality.
0: That's exactly right. And they in fact want to erase reality to make and substantiate the point that they stand for. For example, and you've spoken at length about and read a bit about the 1619 effort. It is yes. to take. Uh, freedom and equality, which is what we were founded on in 1776, out of our nation's founding and make our founding some other year so that it's slavery and immiseration. Yeah. That is their point. They want us to be the bitter fruit of a poisonous tree. That's
1: you know, what they the, want. The 69 Project, which has been used in Arizona, the Bolts District yeah. was the first district to uh, adopt it. Right. It's fabrication from A to Z. Z. Right. I'll give you an example. The 1619 Project says that the revolution was not fought for for um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the way our Declaration of Independence says, it was fought to protect white slavers in the South from British interference in slavery. Right. Every scholar from that period right. has, re, has re, signed us a letter to the New York Times, which published the 1619 yep. Project, yep. telling them there's not one scrap of evidence from that period, not one piece of paper that supports that. Right. And they just ignore that. In yep. fact, um, Nicole Hannah, Hannah Brown Jones, yeah, Jones, Jones. yeah right, um, who 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 was a chief of this, dismissed them as as white historians, right, exactly. exactly. Um, so so it's just all fiction. It's total fiction, and it's being taught in Arizona schools. And I'm fighting a war against that.
0: I, I am so glad that you are, and I am so glad you responded. This. They do other little tricks. I was just pointing out to the audience. You know, there's just a lot of little trickery that they try and. Implant in these in these articles, for example, they cite to um, uh, media matters, as I was mentioning earlier. And this is a small thing, but it's kind of a big thing when I point out um, uh, bias. In their articles, they say education watchdog media matters. Media matters is not an education watchdog. It is a uh, cancel culture uh, organization that attacks anything conservative. It started by going after talk radio and cable news and it moved into other areas. Oh, sure. Education is part of it, but is not some vaunted and respected middle of the road education Watchdog. It is a cancel culture left-wing organization. I have to take a commercial break. Um, you good to uh, have a sip of water and join me for a little bit more?
1: I'm going to take some cough medicine during the break, and okay. I'll stay with you as long as you want me.
0: Tom Horn, our superintendent. Thank you, sir. We'll be right with you. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have uh, staying with us Tom Horn. He is our superintendent of public instruction. Uh, it's worth saying the entirety of your title, sir, because I think sometimes special interests forget um, about the fact that instruction is about the public. That means everyone here and not just little, say, traps of racial and ethnic divisions that have a corrupted view of um, education as indoctrination, which is, I believe, too many and too often times is the case. You said something um, interesting in the uh, last segment we were talking about that I wanted to just chase down with you a little bit, if I could. And it has to do with allowing Prager U curricula in our uh, state. I was reading the Arizona Republic article when the first announcement came, and they went to Rao Grijalva. Rao Grijalva released a statement that the Arizona Republic printed, and it said Prager U does not belong in America in Arizona schools. And then he goes on to say, just as Congressional Republicans want to ban books and eliminate diverse points of view, Prager U's intent is to indoctrinate our children with disinformation. <laughs> I, I just find it hilarious that he starts by saying Prager U doesn't belong in our schools and then goes on to say the problem with the right is they want to ban and eliminate diverse points of view. First of all, we don't, but that he thinks is the case to be made. We want to eliminate. Thus, Prager, you should be eliminated. They're not connecting one plus one to get to two here, Tom.
1: Well, it, it, they have things exactly backwards. Um, you know, these people who complain about my making Prager you uh, available. Yeah, they never complained when my predecessor put. Queer chat on the on the public Department of Education website, Thank paid for you. by the taxpayers, where kids could sign on without their parents knowing about it, would d- reveal detailed information about themselves, including their address, uh, and and detailed information about their sexual uh, lives, uh, which which will be on the web forever, mm-hmm. and and who knows if it won't end up on the dark web and and and, a- and have a- get access from predators. Yep. And then they talk with queer chatters who are not professionals with licenses, but volunteers. So mm. we'll never know how many predators were volunteers. If I were a predator, I would volunteer on queer chat. I understand. Um, and then they, they enable kids to hide from what they're doing from their parents by putting an escape button. So if the parent approaches the computer, the student pushes the escape button yep. and, the, and, and they're on Google. Yep. And and that's against the law. It's against the law to to encourage students to hide things from their parents. So all this, you know, and of course, I, I destroyed Queer Chat my first minute in yep. office. Yep. But but for four years, my predecessor had it on the website. And, and, and none of these people ever complained about that. But they complained about objective history and, and patriotism.
0: Don't you think there's some kind of tell going on when people like, The head of the teachers union uh, or President Joe Biden say when the children are in school, they're not yours, they're ours, meaning they're not yours, the parents, they're ours, the state. Don't you think something nefarious is going on that reeks of a Cuban education system or a former Soviet Union or a current China education system? They truly believe this is why they back Tom, if I might. This is why they back concealing from parents the reportage of the children when they're in school, when they want to engage in, shall we say, uh, risky behavior?
1: Well, you know, um, we have, we discovered from our our um, hotline that I established for parents to communicate with us, <coughs> that there were schools where they asked the students, <coughs> they, they asked question number one, what pronoun do you want to be known yeah, by? Right. And question number two, do you want us to keep this from your parents? Right.
0: There you go. That's what I was saying. That's illegal. About. Right.
1: There's a law against that. That's and, 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 and that's been going on. And so, so when parents notify us on their hotline, I call the schools on it and they stop it.
0: <coughs> <coughs> I want to talk to you, too, about something else you said because it, it just rang so many bells when you talked about education and mediocrity. Um, This was a short segment. We'll have a longer one coming up. But I want to harken your brain back to 1983 with the Nation at Risk report out of the U.S. Department of Education. As I'm working off memory, I seem to recall that the report said that we face a rising tide of mediocrity in our education system and that if an enemy force wanted to destroy this country, it would do little better than perpetuate the education system that does have a rising tide of mediocrity. And I want to talk about your efforts to get achievement levels up and the true purpose of education. Can we do that on the other side of this break? Love to. Thank you, sir. Tom Horn is our guest. He is the superintendent of public instruction, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Tom Horn, our superintendent of public instruction, is our guest. Thanks for staying with us,
1: Mister Horn. Oh, I'm here as long as you want me. I love your show. Oh uh,
0: well, thank you. Love the work you're doing, sir. Um, it's so important, as you said. You know, someone needs to stand uh, stand up for common sense and normalcy and education, not indoctrination. Uh, so, you were talking a, a couple segments ago about mediocrity in our schools, and I was taking. Us back to the report um, from 1983, the, uh, "A Nation at Risk," which spoke of a rising tide of mediocrity and how it was going to be a, not only a threat to our own uh, children and their achievement abilities, but a national security threat indeed. And Tom, what what as a country, we spend almost almost a trillion dollars on education, elementary and secondary education, all in, you know. And it seems to me we have progressed little beyond 1983, and you have a lot of initiatives to raise um, achievement levels in Arizona. Talk to us about what, A, you think the problem is, and what, B, some of the proposals are and solutions that you're propounding.
1: Well, um, there's several problems. <clears throat> One of the problems is that we had, a we had a, for those of your listeners who can go back a number of years who will remember when I was superintendent from 2003 to 2011, We had the AIMS test, and uh, the legislature passed a bill that said kids had to pass the AIMS test to graduate. Uh, My two predecessors were kind of afraid to enforce it. I was the first one to enforce it. Mm -hmm. And by enforcing it, we set the the cut score so that it wouldn't keep kids from graduating, but it would motivate them to study. And I've talked to people who failed the first time. They got four times to pass it uh, and studied really hard to pass it in a subsequent time. Um and then after i after I left office, uh, they repealed that requirement so i've have I've asked for the introduction of a bill which has been introduced to bring back the requirement that that students pass the test to graduate. Now it's the a c t test, mm-hmm. and I've been roundly attacked by the armies of mediocrity that we have <laughs> um, uh, who say you know it's too much to ask for the kids to actually learn something to have to graduate. And um, there was an article in the Republic where you know I was just lambasted by person after person and saying they would sue me uh, and, and all those all of this stuff. But but if we don't require a test to graduate, what we're doing now, I'll give you an example. We have a, we have schools that have 80 percent graduation rate and 2 percent proficiency rate. Right, right. So those are fraudulent diplomas. Right. And I have complaints from business leaders that when people come to them with high school diplomas, they expect. A certain degree of reading comprehension and writing ability and and uh, math or at least arithmetic ability that's not there and so we have so I so so we've introduced this bill to bring back the requirement but we've given a choice they could either pass a cut score on the ACT which would be short of what the ACT calls proficient but would show that they've learned important things to learn um, or uh, alternatively certified for a, a skilled job mm-hmm. uh, in our career technical education program. And um, I've been roundly attacked for it, but I'm going to fight for it okay. because you can't rely on grades. I can prove to you that teachers, some teachers pass kids al- along with they've learned anything or not. Right. We have in some of our high schools reading teachers because students have gone to school for eight years, six in, in elementary school and two in middle school. And 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 in those Eight years of education have not learned how to read. Right. Right. If you can imagine that, yeah. and so so if you rely on grades, you end up graduating eighty percent of your students with only two percent proficiency. That that is a scandal, and I'm and I'm fighting hard to require that students pass a test. Another example is discipline in the classroom. You talked about what, what the problems are and what I'm doing to fight them. <clears throat> we have to have better discipline in our classrooms. You, students cannot learn. In a in a disorderly classroom, and when, you know, I served 24 years on a school board. During those 24 years, we never reversed a teacher's uh, a request on discipline one time, not one time. And we became known as the toughest district. And our test scores, our learning, one of our test scores went up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so there's a bill in the legislature that I think it's been passed by the Senate now is going to the House um, to give incentives to administrators to support teachers. On discipline, and I don't think it's the fault of the administrators; it's the fault of school boards mm-hmm. that instruct them to be lenient. Yeah, um, and, and and the bill would would give incentives to support teachers on discipline. We survey teachers who leave the profession, and the number one reason is salaries, but a close second is failure to get support for discipline in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And if I were a teacher, I'd leave the profession if I had to deal with a classroom where I didn't have support on discipline. So so kids became unruly. Yep. I have a letter from a teacher who said that she she uh, t- uh, st- she told a student to do her work, and the student said to f off. But she used the word, not the letter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She called the administration. They said use use social emotional learning.
0: Yeah,
1: a mm, lot of good that does.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So so I'm working hard to get discipline back in our classrooms. I'm I'm working hard to be sure students don't graduate without having learned something, and um, and my my 90 percent of my time and efforts go into helping schools race, academic achievement, although the, the media, you know, likes to write about the more controversial things, but that's really what I'm focused on. Everything else is secondary to well, that. Well,
0: I, I just love that you're doing it and focusing on it. Boy, that social-emotional learning thing, that's kind of an interesting phrase. I seized on it during COVID. They sure didn't care about the social and emotional health of our children during COVID, did they?
1: No, no. They, and and it, was, it was foolish to close the schools. Yeah. So, you know, unless if students Without pre-existing conditions, didn't get COVID. They certainly didn't get serious, no, I agree. Uh, serious symptoms. And there was a lot of a, a lot lost during that time. And my predecessor, you know, big headline in the newspaper. She was challenged the governor yep. to close all the schools, which yep. he wouldn't do. Yep. Uh, do you worry about the teacher pipeline, the
0: education schools, and the kind of what I would call rot? That a lot of the uh, a lot of the graduate schools of education are foisting on and you and consi- and calling upon as pedagogy that they're teaching and training the the uh, prospective teachers with.
1: to say I worry about it would be an understatement okay, okay. Um, okay. as a sta- as a superintendent of schools, I'm a member of the Board of Regents which governs yep. the colleges. Right. I asked the Board of Regents uh, to to have a a a uh, investigation by the Board of Regents that I would conduct. Yep to find out what's going on in our teachers' colleges and make make suggestions. It was passed unanimously. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the process of reviewing the coursework and what's going on in our teachers' colleges. It's a, it's a major problem because we have teachers who don't know how to teach reading yep. in the schools. And so we have, to, we have coaches that go out to help them, yep. um, but we don't have enough to cover all the schools. And we shouldn't have to coach them. If they go through four years of teachers' college, they should learn how to teach reading. Good, good.
0: Well, thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your piece in the Arizona Republic. It was a strong uh, dose of common sense. And uh, if there's anything that uh, your administration stands for at our Department of Education here in Arizona, it is just that, which is no longer in the mainstream. But hopefully with your success, we'll be back in the mainstream and soon. Tom Horn, thank you, sir.
1: Thank you, Seth. Have me back anytime you want. I love your program. You gotcha.
0: You bet. Thank you. Love your tenure there. I am Seth Leibson, 602 We have had teachers calling in, by the way. Do not confuse Teachers Union spokesmen with teachers. We have had teachers calling in this hour saying uh, they appreciate what we're saying here and doing here. So um, I could give you names, but um, you take my word for it. You take my point. We'll be right back. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. Check them out online at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888-Y-REFI-24. You can also visit them in person. They're headquartered here locally. Their offices are right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix, if you visit with them, you won't get a sales pitch. Or you won't be asked to sign a thing. What Y ReFi offers is an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you get a monthly statement with no surprises, peace of mind, and that there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. There are absolutely no fees, and you can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. Best of all, you can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return and it's not correlated to the stock market or the federal reserve check them out investyrefi.com. invest the letter y then r e f y dot com i did uh, have a piece uh in town hall if you um if you missed it uh you can go to uh, townhall.com to see it uh it was about i was privileged to be able to co-author it with some dear friends And um, it was about Republicans uh, staying home or refusing to support a Republican nominee based on personal preferences rather than the larger view of the stakes at play here. And this was in particular relationship to Kerry Lake. You can also go to powerline.com today. You will see it uh, up in the top of their uh, website. They have uh, cross-posted it uh, from town hall. I was uh, rereading 1984. You know, we have a saying around here, Uh, (laughs) M-O-F-A, MOFA, hashtag MOFA, make Orwell fiction. Again, I was rereading 1984 and stumbled upon this. I just want to share it with you, Um, especially in respect to education. Progress in our world will be progress towards more pain. The old civilizations claimed that they were founded on love or justice. Ours is founded upon hatred. In in our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph, and self-abasement. Everything else we shall destroy. Everything. Already we are breaking down the habits of thought which have survived from before the revolution. We have cut the links between child and parent and between man and man and between man and woman. No one dares trust a wife or a child or a friend any longer. But in the future, there will be no wives and no friends. Children will be taken from their mothers at birth, as one takes eggs from a hen. The sex instinct will be eradicated. Procreation will be an annual formality like the renewal of a ration card. We shall, uh, yes, our neurologists are at work upon it now. There will be no loyalty except loyalty towards the party. There will be no love except the love of Briggs big brother. There will be no laughter except the laugh of triumph over a defeated enemy. There will be no art, no literature, no science. Make Orwell Fiction. Again, I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.